0: chapter 4, beginning with verse number 7. Here's how it reads according to the English Standard Version. Again, I saw vanity under the sun. One person who has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, for whom am I toiling? and depriving myself of pleasure. This also is vanity and an unhappy business. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone. And when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Verse number 13, Better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice. For he went from prison to the throne, though in his own kingdom he had been born poor. I saw all the living who move about under the sun, along with that youth who was to stand in the king's place. There was no end to all of the people, all of whom he led. Yet those who come later will not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and a striving after wind. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may have your seat. This Sunday is Family Sunday, so all of our kids will remain with us. Our children will remain in the, with us this morning. We do have uh, bulletins at the back for children, as they to keep them engaged and follow along during. The sermon, they're on the back pew where you came in. From time to time, I enjoy watching the National Geographic channel. I primarily watch it because I love lions and tigers. I'm a big cat kind of guy. One animal that the lions like to prey upon is wildebeest. I learned that the wildebeest are part of the antelope family. They they can reach up to eight feet in length, stand four and a half feet tall, and they can weigh up to 600 pounds. These massive animals can run up to 40 miles per hour. One of the things that I learned while watching this particular episode on National Geographic Channel was, wildebeest tend to travel in herds so that the lion will oftentimes follow the herds around and they will prey upon the young and the weak. One of the things that I found interesting about wildebeest was when the narrator said that wildebeest are in most danger when they travel alone. So so therefore, wildebeest have learned that their main defense from predators is living in a group. Wildebeest stick together, and they move in herds for the sake of safety. Friends, how sad it is that beasts have learned the importance of community. And we as rational human beings have not learned this principle. Beasts have learned that their well-being, their, their very survival depends on living in community. beasts have learned that in order to survive from day to day, they need one another. John Steinbeck in his book, East of Eden, writes, When a man comes to die, no matter what his talents and influence and genius, if he dies unloved, his life must be a failure to him and his dying a cold horror. Today, the preacher in Ecclesiastes is going to teach us that the value of life is in not what we earn, but in whom we relate to. Let's look at it together. First of all, the preacher teaches us in this section about the futility of isolating others. The futility of isolating others. Look at verses 7 through 8. The preacher's opened this section with something else he saw that was futile, something that, that was vanity, something that was useless, worthless. And he said, what I saw was a person who was isolated. This person had no other. This this person had nobody else. He had no siblings. He had no children, which means he also didn't have a spouse. He's all by himself. He's all alone. He was, and the reason he was all alone was because he never stopped working. He was a workaholic. His, his work consumed him. And what's extremely sad about this person is that for all his working, he was never satisfied. He could find no contentment from his work. He was so consumed with his work that he had no one to enjoy the fruit of his work. He was so busy working that he, even had, he didn't even have the time to reflect and come to his senses. How do we know that? Because the preacher says that he never asked himself, for whom am I doing all this work and depriving myself of pleasure? The preacher's conclusion is that this is vanity in an unhappy business, this person who isolated himself from others chasing after money because he was chasing after money never discovered that money fails to fill the void of our heart's desires. Friends, it is a miserable life to have money but no family or friends. Friends, we were created for one another. We were created to exist in community. Being all alone, the preacher says, is pointless, worthless, useless, a chasing after the wind. So we see, first of all, the futility of isolating others in verses 7 through 8. But then secondly, we see the fruitfulness of including others In verses 9 through 12, the fruitfulness of including others in verses 9 through 12. The preacher says, when we include one another, when we cooperate rather than compete against one another, there's first of all greater profit. Look at verse 9. He says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. Two working together are more efficient than just one. Two can get more work done together. No one person has to shoulder the burden of the work all alone. Because there are more people to get more work done, there's a greater reward. There's greater gain. Not only is there greater profit, the preacher says there's also uh, uh, the benefit of greater preservation. Look at verse 10. He says, for if they fall... One will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has no other to lift him up. Now, to understand the rest of this subunit, we need to consider a traveler in the ancient Near East. In those times, traveling was hazardous, and Dangerous roads were not paved, roads were not level. There were many hidden rocks in the fields, there was no light, and so it became easier to, to fall into a pit. And if you fell into a pit, there was no guarantee that you would ever get out of that pit. That's why the preacher says, Whoa, when you see woe, that means it either means judgment or you better pay a lot of attention because if you don't listen to me, some bad things are going to happen to you. He says, woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Friends, the preacher is warning us about traveling through life all alone. He says it's dangerous, it's hazardous, and potentially fatal. Friends, there are traps all around us, and we should heed the preacher's counsel here and never walk alone. Not just physically, but spiritually. Here's what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. He says, brothers, if any one of you is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Watch this. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? To love your neighbor as yourself. He says not only is there greater profit, not only is, is, is there a greater preservation, but there's also a greater partnership. And look at verse 11. He says, again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Well, this is a very easy verse to understand when you're married, especially the kind of Let me tell you something. I like socks. I, 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 either, I either, when I'm at home, I either have socks on my feet or I have my uh, slides on. You're not going to catch me just barefooted walking around. I I don't like it. I don't like the, the cold floor on my feet. I don't like it. My wife hates, and I use that word intentionally, hates socks and shoes. So guess what she does all day long? When she gets home, first thing she does is take off her socks and her shoes. And for the remainder of the evening, that's how she goes. I've got my socks on, she has hers off. Time to go to bed. First thing that happens, Mitch, she puts those cold feet on me. And I'm like, the whole time I'm like, oh, oh, get on your side. She's like, but my feet are cold. That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> my, 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 my wise counsel to her is, you should have put on some socks. One day, y'all, actually, I need to get back on point here. One day, I literally got out of the bed and got a, the oldest pair of socks I could find, and I put them on her feet. She was so upset with me. But even in that instance, my wife knows I can use his body temperature to help warm me up. We're better together. The, remember, the image here is the, the, someone traveling down the road in the Middle East in the biblical time. It, it gets cold at night. And if a person traveled alone at night, they had two options. One, they could pack more clothing or more blankets, but the problem is that made you load heavier. And remember, they just couldn't just put this in the trunk. They used the old Chevrolet. Remember I told you, told you about the Chevrolet? Say so yes. You shove one leg and you lay the other one. much turkey. So they have this now. And so that was one option. The other option is to just freeze. Two options. However, if there's a companion, a partner traveling with you, now you have another choice. Another option. Parentheses. That's the benefit of community. There's always more options than choices. Close parentheses. The third option, if you have a companion or a partner, is you can use one another's internal body temperature to warm one another. Friends, this is just basic survival. And I think, by extension, this applies to us. We get this. We do this right now. If somebody gets sick in the church or someone has a baby in the church, what's the first thing somebody does? Meal plan. I get an email. Or somebody gets an email, hey, let's let's feed whomever. We do that even now. I had the opportunity. I think this extends beyond just feeding one another. I had the opportunity to spend a couple of days with <coughs> my wife's grandmother. She she's now close to 80. She lost her husband when she was when he was 46 or 47 years old. Two things that I that, that that the Holy Spirit spoke to me this week. You know, of course, BJ. We love BJ, right? BJ just wants to have fun. The first day we were there at, at G at his Gigi's house, we didn't think she had Wi-Fi. Deal breaker. BJ is like, let's go to my Nana's house. I can't stand in my grand house. She don't have Wi-Fi, so I can't get on Instagram. my wife speaks to him and she says, listen, your grandmother, your great-grandmother is all by herself all the time. She's alone all the time. BJ, you, you don't know what it is to be lonely. You got Brianna. And so, in, in, in brain and in cunning fashion, we got straight to the point. Get over yourself, this is not about you. This is a ministry to your grandmother. Friends, community is not just about you. It's a ministry to your brother and your sister in Christ. There's greater partnership when we are together. The other thing I learned while I was there with our grandmother He died, when he was 46, 47, of colon cancer. And I just imagine what would life have been like for our late grandfather if our grandmother had not been there. He he wasn't strong enough to care for himself. In the stage four portion of his colon cancer. And so she had to do the hard work of caring for him. She's small, he's big, but she's lifting to help him, caring for him. That's what living in community looks like. And it's not just for husband and wife, but this is for brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to be able to put the interests of others above our own. Friends, this is not Brandon, this is Jesus. Philippians 2 he put the interest of us above his own. How? Because he left his glory in heaven, came down to earth, was born in, in, in a stable full of, 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 of dirty animals and he was obedient to the point of death. The king of kings, the lord of lords he co- who created the earth died on an old rugged cross like he was the worst criminal. Why? Because his interest was so like if we start putting our interests the interest of others above our own. I wonder what the church would look like. Oh, I'm preaching to myself right now. I wonder what the church would look like if we put the interest of others above our own. You guys are my heroes. You, you are learning this. I, I have people in my church who, who in, in this church, who say, I have no idea what's going on on some of the songs we sing. I I have no idea where the music is going. But guess what you do? You keep showing up Sunday after Sunday. And you fumble through the words until you learn it about the 10th or 11th time. Hopefully it kind of lets you get to the 10th or 11th time. That's what putting the interest of one another. Isn't it sad that we have to have... Tempor- contemporary services and traditional services? Why? Because we want to minister to one interest. We have black and white churches because we have interest. And there are other reasons, but that's one of the big reasons: style. What would Congress look like? I'll move on. He says not only, he says the other benefit of community is there's also greater protection. Verse 12, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will, will withstand him. The 3-4 cord is not quickly broken. You know, I think... I guess I should have talked to my wife about this because I was going to use all these illustrations of her family this morning. That's what happens when she makes you go to Dallas. The rule, my, my wife's maiden name is Chambliss, the rule in the Chambers household, and these, pe- these are good Christian, holy, saved, sanctified people, but the rule in the Chambers household, if anybody tried to fight one of y'all five, there's five of them, I have children. If anybody try to fight one, they fight all of y'all. I think she got it from this verse. What would it look like, though, if we had more of that mentality in the church where we protected one another's character, one another's reputation, where you're not going to talk about my brother and sister in Christ and they're not able to be here to defend themselves. Now remember, the image is that of a traveler in the ancient Near East. The robbers and thieves would hide out. Think about the parable of the great Samaritan. He's traveling and he's overtaken by robbers and thieves. And this is the image that the preacher has in his mind. You're traveling all alone. He says, but if you got somebody else, y'all can prevail against him. And he says a threefold cord is not easily broken. And yes, I understand we use this a lot at weddings. The husband, the wife, and Jesus is a threefold cord. That is not what the point was. I think his point is simply, if two is better than one, then think about how, how much better three is. point is that there are greater benefits to not living a life full of isolation and loneliness we were created for one another finally last unit verses 13 through 16 he teaches about the folly or foolishness of being independent of others the folly of being independent of others verse 13 he says, better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice. For those of you who are really trying to put all this together, you're saying, what does this last unit have to do with community? The preacher is highlighting here the person, the leader. Who refuses to listen to others? The priest, he, this, this leader, this king, this old and foolish king, he won't take anyone else's advice. He's a know-it-all. He's pridefully independent. This is the leader who will not listen to his advisors. The preacher says that the poor and wise youth is better than the old and foolish king. Friends, it is pure foolishness, the preacher says, not to listen to wise counsel. I just want to do a quick little Bible study for you real quick. Here's what the Bible has to say about listening to others. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20, listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your day. Last one, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, so a man's counsel is sweet to his friend. Friend, it is outright foolish not to seek wise counsel from others. You are not omniscient. In other words, you don't know it all. You need wise counsel and advice from others. Even the preacher here, he says, there is benefit in listening to others. Where do we see that? Look at verse 14. He says, for he went from the prison to the throne, though in his kingdom he had been born poor. Who's the he here? The he is the wise and the young person. The wise youth was born poor, but went from the prison to the palace. Why? Because he listened to others and became wise. Matter of fact, he says he replaced the foolish king. I'm done. Very simple point this morning. God created human beings for companionship. We are social beings by nature. We were not created to be alone. Hear me and hear me well. Individualism and isolation may be American values, but they are not Christian values. God himself exists in community. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they all glorify one another. God himself said, it is not good for man to be alone. God in human flesh existed in community. Jesus had 12 disciples. The church is pictured as a body. And though she is one body, she is comprised of many members. And it takes all the members to do their part for the body to function in a healthy way. So then, worship team, you can come back now. Maybe the response for some of us is I need to create more margin in my life to spend more time with others. And and, and let me tell you, I have to preach to myself. Though I am still young, the older I get day by day, I get more and more introverted. Which means that to recharge I need to be alone. And the older I get, the more I enjoy being alone. But I was not created to be alone. I was created for community. And as much as I enjoy my aloneness, my loneliness, I, I have to realize that there is a ministry to my brother and sister in Christ. So that I have to forego and sacrifice some of my alone time even as an introvert because god has created us for one another to live in community friends there is not one person in the church who should ever feel alone when we were saved we were saved into a community That's called the church. Whether you are single or married, you will always have a community called the church. And one of the ministries as church, as people of church that that we can provide to others is, you know what? Come hang out with us. One of the ministries that the church can have to single people is to invite singles into your life. You eat. Don't eat alone. If you need a community, you desire this community that's called the church, there's only one way in, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gave himself up for the church. He died on an old rugged cross that you could be forgiven of sin, be in right relationship with your creator. And when you are, when you believe and you trust in Jesus Christ and him alone, you are immediately baptized into the body of Christ, the church. And you have an instant community. Now, not only are we described as a body, but we're also described as a family. This community is not a perfect community. We still live in a world, and we still have an internal struggle with sin, which means that we will love you, but we will love you imperfectly. There will be family struggles. But the love that we have for one another should be wrong in the issues that we have.